What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 43 of Spread the Dread podcast. And this week, via a suggestion from Dreadhead Vicky Niemer Kaiser, we are covering Nathaniel Bar Jonah, the pedo cannibal chef. You know, Joe, I came up with that myself. <laughs> this fat bastard wasn't even worthy of a name, and I agree with that. But, you know, we got a title card to fill out. So I came up with that, and trust me, it's fucking fitting. I know, and off of the title already, I'm like, damn. Damn it, Vicky. <laughs> yeah, goddamn you, Vicky, you beautiful dreadhead. Why would you do this to us? And, and I'm going to tell you what, we're going to strap in and, and, wrap, and get it going quick because this motherfucker has some notes on him. Yeah. Very different from episode 42 where we covered Alan Laguerre, the monster of the uh, Mara... Miramichi. Miramichi, there Miramichi, we go. Miramichi, there we go. The Miramichi River in Canada, uh, which was a little bit shorter of a one. Yeah, because there still... just wasn't much, but like for yeah, this fucking guy, there's a good to bit. Deal with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and make sure if you haven't checked out episode 42 about Alan Laguerre or episode 41 about Colin Ireland, the gay slayer, don't stop this episode. Go ahead and fucking listen because these aren't <laughs> continuing series. Like, you know, you're not going to, there's no, you know, there's no spoilers or shit you're going to miss out on. But definitely check those out. And don't forget that we now have two episodes of the revamped Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill. Episode one that we did with me and my brother Jay, which we recommend you check that out on YouTube and BitChute because it is currently our only video series, of, but you can get them on the podcast apps too. Uh, the first one we covered the house that Jack built, and then last week we covered Terrifier 1, and this upcoming Friday, Dreadheads, we're going to be covering Terrifier 2, so make sure to check that out if you like horror movies with your true crime. Joe, let's kick right the fuck into it. No matter if they're new, if they're old, high, drunk, stoned, or sober, what's the best spot on the internet to get all things dreadful? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And what are they going to find there, Joe? Uh, the usual links. Like, we really got to go through it every goddamn week. What if they're new? (laughs) I know, I get that. Just go to the website. There you go. Just go to the fucking website. You'll find fucking everything there. Yeah. Uh, Podcast platforms. uh, You don't even have to go to the goddamn, like, fucking... What, Podbean or anything else? You can just listen to it right yeah, there yeah, on the there's website. A, yeah, there's a you have our merch store, our donation yeah. tiers. Like everything that is Spread the Dread Podcast is there. Right. Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Facebook. And IG is the best place we recommend for you to check us out at. And then, of course, if you want to do old timey email, that is spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of merchandise and donation tiers. Uh-huh. We have a senior Dreadhead donation this week. A $50 donation shout-out goes out to the ultimate Dreadhead, Mr. Richie Estrada. So, of course, with that $50 donation, he has a T-shirt coming his way, which, yep. uh, pardon us, Richie, we're slack as fuck, and it's Halloween, <laughs> and we have three kids, and did I mention we're slack as fuck? But we're going to get that ordered for you. And he actually suggested a topic. Not going to spoil anything yet because... It's more of a newer one, and it's going to require a little bit of a different research because there's not really bios on this guy and stuff like that. But trust me, Dreadheads, it's fucked up and twisted, and Richie stayed true to form. Richie, we cannot thank you enough. Again, for everyone, we appreciate the donations. We try to to, to give you some fucking merch along with it and things of that nature. I say, best bang for your buck is always those higher tiers because at least you're getting some shit with it. We get the least amount out of it, but right. by you wearing our shirt or like... You know, sitting there hanging out with one of our stickers on something. You know, it's great publicity for us. Absolutely. Now, if you want free stickers, don't forget you can be a five-star super spreader. If you go on to Apple or Spotify, give us a positive five-star review. Screenshot that shit and send it over to Facebook or IG or Gmail along with your mailing address. And we're going to send you out some five-star super spreader Spread the Dread podcast stickers. That's the easiest way to get merch. It requires fucking nothing and it helps us out. And also, too, if you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Give some thumbs up, some likes, you know, comments and stuff like that on the videos. We're trying to grow that aspect of it now that the Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill series is on there. Who knows? Eventually, we may be, we may get to actually videoing when we do this podcast and the YouTube and the you bitch. You don't shoot. want that, though. I really don't <laughs> want that either because, trust me, I know it doesn't come out that uh, – it wouldn't, you wouldn't think from the final product – but a lot of editing goes into this shit because we kind of suck at our job. So I don't know if we're going to want to do that on video. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out the YouTube and BitChute. And again, like, share, subscribe, and drop a comment. 
Joe, are you ready to kick this motherfucker off? Hell yeah. All right, then let's get into episode 43, Nathaniel Barjona, the pedo cannibal chef. All right, Vicky, you asked for it. Here we go. <laughs> this one's for you and all the other dreadheads out there because I had never heard of this motherfucker Not before this. Yeah. And God damn, does he deserve to be on this show. Let's kick it off by handing it over to Joe to do the bio like only she knows how to do. <laughs> so Nathaniel Barjona was actually born David Paul Brown. Which is a much more normal serial killer fucking... That, that sounds more like a pedo <laughs> cannibal chef. Because he's not really a serial killer, spoilers. But that's that's such a that's that's a good that's a good serial killer name David yeah. Paul Brown. I mean, either way, three names like you know this yeah, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, fucked yeah, in for it. sure. If you got a trinity of names you go by, you watch out. Yeah. So he was born on February fifteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, now Worcester. I, I don't know. W o r c e s t e r. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think some of those. It's like fucking, that sauce that always fucks me at Worcestershire. Yeah, yeah see, Is I call it Worcestershire, it? but then like I think some people pronounce this Wooster. Oh. I don't know, man. If you, if there's any dreadheads from it's Mass, that whole splitting hairs. We got a Lancaster, South Carolina. There's a Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They're spelled exactly the same goddamn way, yeah, but, but they everyone, expect two every, different pronunciations. All of my Yankee friends that are down here, they call it Lancaster. Yeah, it's just it's just whatever. Like we us Southerners weren't meant to pronounce words like this. But jumping a little bit of ahead, because if you're like, oh, he's Nathaniel Barjona, was born David Paul Brown. I went ahead, spoiler, and got this out of the fucking way so that there wasn't two names that I was, we were mentioning the whole time. Yeah. So basically, and we're going to jump right back to his bio, on March 22nd of 1984, at the age of 27, David Paul Brown changed his name to Nathaniel Benjamin Levi Barjona. Now, damn. the reason this fucking fat, fucking stupid, fucking bastard did this <laughs> shit, he told friends and relatives that he wanted to know what it was like to be discriminated against and persecuted as a Jew. You guys have seen... What the- a fucking retarded reason to fucking change right. your goddamn name. Like, no. I want to feel... That I right want to feel oppression, really? Right. Like, that right there should have been enough for them to be like, we need to lock him up for a little bit. Yeah. Like, we need to just, just, just keep an eye on that motherfucker behind the bars for a little bit. Uh, but then also later during an interview with Dr. Michael Stone for the television show Most Evil, he claimed he was Jewish and wanted his name to reflect that. Now, in fact, Brown's ethnic ancestry was Scandinavian, which is why you see him and he looks like a fat, pasty fuck. No offense, Arna, because you are a pale, beautiful fuck. <laughs> That's our Icelandic dreadhead. And, and shout out to all of our, uh, our uh, fucking Very uh, white Scandinavian folks. and Nordic. Yeah, our really white dreadheads. They love dread the most because the sun hurts them. So, yeah, they have to live in the darkness. Uh, they're like Bane. Like, you know, like, I was born in it. Molded by it. Um, and his parents were both active in the Assemblies of God, a Pentecostal movement. I promise you ain't no Jews in them places. Yeah. I was Southern Baptist, and we weren't anti-Semitic, but I don't know if someone came in with them curly cues if they'd have been allowed to stay. Um, but uh, And he did not pursue any further connection to Judaism other than the stupid fuck changing his name. Now that that's done, and we've established how much of a fucking idiot yeah. this guy is, as if you didn't already know from the title of this show, <laughs> Joe, back to his bio, starting at the age of six. six. Yeah, so uh, he had actually pick at scabs until his skin festered, and then he would proceed to suck on the blood from the wound like a goddamn weird vampire. Mm. Um, his, his mother was actually called multiple times to his elementary school um, just because the habit was really upsetting to the children and the teachers. I mean, uh, yeah, I, but see, I don't think that's really upset. You, you're saying that because you like to pick scabs and you like to pop pimples and shit like that. Yeah. When you do that. But I that, think there's a lot to do with body on. shaming and not this bullshit current movement. I'm talking about like being able to explore your own body. I used to pick scabs and do weird shit to myself because I wanted to know what it was. Had my parents shamed me or like a teacher or another student shamed me, maybe I wouldn't have done it. But then you're like, oh, okay, well, other people are going to judge well, me. That's I, a bad precedent. I would think that they didn't do this the first couple of times. But they, in general, it, I mean, I, okay, I'm going to split hairs. I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole. But when you're telling a kid not to explore their own fucking body, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, you're setting a bad precedent for the rest of their life. 
That's fine. But in this case, he like absolutely of- needed to be discriminated against. <laughs> he absolutely needed to be oppressed and all of that because, Joe, tell us what started happening in late July of 1964. Oh, so he's seven years old and he ends up luring a five-year-old neighbor into his basement. So now the scabs... The, the well, worry, maybe the it's because they picked on him for picking his scabs is the reason why he's like, okay, I can't self-explore. Now, to, I, now I need to explore somebody else. If you get shamed for picking scabs and think diddling and luring kids is your uh, your fucking outlet for that, you are wrong and you are no better than this fucking <laughs> fat loser. You don't know how bad habits manifest completely. It's not rock solid. I'm right, just but saying. You will say at least that him getting shamed for picking scabs is not what led not him to start correlation. luring people away. No, no, All no. Right, so, I make okay. jokes. Right, Joe, you're allowed to pick your scabs. <laughs> we know you don't lure children. Yeah. The best thing we do is lure our kids to fucking bed so we can have a fucking moments of peace. Yeah. And that's it of it. But go ahead and continue, (laughs) Joe, with the the neighbor. Lures a five-year-old neighbor into his basement. What happens? Yeah, so he ends up telling her that he had actually received a Ouija board for his birthday and that he could predict the future. Now, once he got her into his basement, he was attempting to strangle her, but the screams ended up attracting his mom, who ended up coming to her rescue. Now, according to later testimony, Nathaniel received little to no punishment from his mother despite being caught in the act. Now, yeah, that's very, no, no, that, that's, that's sitting there kind of feeding into bad behavior at that point because he's not being reprimanded for it. So he's like, oh, it's semi-acceptable. I wonder how much further I can push this bar. Hey, well. That's shit fucking parenting. Can he push this bar, Jonah? (laughs) That's my bar joke, God everybody. God damn it, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from the dad jokes. Let's go to January 1970, Joe. Now, at the age of 12, Nathaniel Barjona managed to lure another neighbor, this time a six-year-old boy. So now, well, when Half was his this? age, yeah. All right, yeah, this goofy-ass fuck was born in 57. So, yeah, he's 13 at this point. So, yeah, he a six-year-old boy to a nearby hill claiming he wanted to go sledding with him. Now, remember, this is in Mass. It's January. That's a good excuse. There's Mm -hmm. snow. There's hills. Uh, Once they arrived, however, Nathaniel actually sexually assaulted the boy, Joe. Mm, So, again, progression, progression, and again. Pushing that bar because he's not being reprimanded. He's not being told it's not good. It's like, you know, like the whole testing of, like, uh, putting your hand on the stove. Like, it's not hot enough. He's not getting a punishment. Mama keeps putting oven mitts on him. Yep. All right. So, uh, Joe, take us a few years later. Yeah. So, um, he ends up attempting to lure uh, two more boys. Uh, they were actually riding bicycles down a street to a nearby cemetery. Uh, that's where he's trying to get them to go. But he uh, actually intended to murder them. Right. So, we're talking mid-teens here. We're talking somewhere between, like, 14 to 16, yeah, maybe puberty's 17. hitting in. We know what's wrong and right at yeah, this point. Yeah, he, Despite uh, yeah. parents being shitty or not, he right. knows this ain't right. Um, he ends up trying to get them up there. But one of the boys ends up growing suspicious and ends up persuading his other friend not to go. That's a good-ass friend, dude. Yeah, whoever, right? Uh, whoever conv- if you happen to hear this guy who convinced the other boy to not go fucking to the cemetery with Nathaniel You're Bard, a hero. Yeah, you're a fucking hero, and you should fucking make sure that you spread your wisdom to everybody because uh, that was a fucking close call. And luckily, as we're going to see getting on down the road here, it, it, it did not deter... Bar Jonah from no. what he was going to do, it was merely a bump in the road. It probably can't even be described uh, described as a bump in the road because in March of 1975, um, he's 18 years old and he's impersonating a police officer. Where and then he's able to abduct an eight year old Richard O'Connor while he was on his way to school. There you go. Uh, so I mean, you guys sometimes I mean, apart from all the other things, and no offense to our police dreadheads out there, because if you listen to this podcast and you're a cop. You've got to be one of the fucking good ones. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> no, right? but if, yeah, if you, between this guy and Gacy and some of these other fuckers out here, you wonder where our healthy distrust of authority figures come from. Nathaniel Barjona <laughs> did ding, not ding. Yeah. do y'all any favors. Joe, go on. Yeah, so he impersonates um, a cop. He's with Richard O'Connor. Um, oh, oh, yeah, O'Connor. He actually proceeded to sexually assault and strangle him. Oh, a neighbor who was looking oh, yeah, out. Yeah, again, again, you guys yeah, saw sorry. the title of this episode, The Pedo Cannibal Chef. Now, Joe is reading these notes for the Fresh. first fucking time. So, yeah. yeah, so she's right here with all of you. Yeah. I assembled the notes because, you know, that's what I do uh, apart from, you know, working. 
well, I work, but I do this at work and shit like that too. But uh, but yeah, so she's right there with you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that was that was really to, upsetting to read. Yeah, but he, yeah, he proceeded to sexually assault and strangle his eight year old kid. Mm, yeah. So a neighbor who was looking out of her window observed the abduction and actually notified the authorities who began the search for this boy. And a patrol car later observed a vehicle matching what was used in this abduction parked far away from others in a parking lot. So after calling for backup, police ordered Nathaniel to get out of the car. Richard, fuck, man, I don't want to read this. Richard O'Connor was found in the car, bloodied, having defecated and urinated on himself from the sexual assault and near the point of death. And Jonah was arrested and sentenced to an unknown number of months of probation. Yeah. Let I- that sink in, Dreadheads. Fucking probation after finding this kid this way. Right. I mean, How literally fucked f- is our yeah. system? You, you call, well, again, you're talking about the 70s. I don't give a shit. Well, I'm, I'm it's just say- common goddamn decency. It doesn't matter what fucking area you're in, but they literally found this kid fucking... I mean, they call him dead to fucking rights. To yes. me, to me when, in that, and I mean, I know a hundred Should have fucking castrated the son of yeah, a bitch. Yeah, well, no, just fucking take him to the back. Just take him to the fucking trunk of the car, run a nightstick up his ass dry, yeah. and then fucking blow his brains out and be fucking done with it. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have, but then again, we wouldn't have this show if they did shit like that. But well, I would we would have rather, a show highlighting police officers like, Hey, that's oh what yeah, I yeah. Done. We would just be like, yeah, it would yeah. be like spread the vigilante or yeah. something, <laughs> you know, exactly. some shit like that. But that's what I'm meaning. But yeah, the whole fuck yeah, the, that that part really. And honestly, that's another theme that you're gonna see on this is an mm-hmm. abject failure of the not only the, the the just law enforcement but the criminal justice system in the United States. Surprising. I know, Sorry. right? You know <laughs> that you was get, sarcasm. You get, two, you get caught with two goddamn joints on you in 2022 around here yeah. in the wrong fucking state, and you'll catch five fucking years. But they find a boy literally covered in his own fucking excrement that had been sexually assaulted in the back seat, and he got fucking probation. probation. Yeah. Let's not dwell. Let's continue. Okay. Yeah. So a few days before his high school graduation. Yeah, he was still in school when he did this. He yeah. was 18, but the motherfucker had been to school earlier that day. And then, you know, school at least the Decided. next day or the day. The, yeah. A few days afterwards. Fucking disgusting son of a bitch. Absolutely. Yeah. So he drives to nearby Hartford, Connecticut. And again, impersonating that a police of officer. That's fucking fantasticness, <laughs> Hartford, Connecticut. What, since they lost the fucking Whalers hockey team, what the fuck even happens there anymore? No offense to our Connecticut dreadheads. <laughs> um, so again, he's impersonating a police officer and he ends up abducting a nine year old girl. And that's another thing I do want to point out because a lot of the it times when, see- you have, when you have yeah. someone that fucks around with kids, usually there's a type. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, well, at least there's at least there is a I'm no, not going to get into the fucking debate lately of genders and sex and all okay. that shit, but usually they they prefer they you know, they go after boys or they go after girls. Or there's a slight percentage difference, like where it's like 60% boys and 40% girls. There's usually like a persuasion. Sometimes they do blur that line though. Nathaniel Bar It's Jonah, about over it's about the control. Yeah, well, Bar Jonas seemed because he's a fucking and again, no 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 uh no disrespect to our thick dreadheads out there. We are y'all. Yeah. Uh but this, this fuck, is a fat fuck. Yeah, this fat fuck I'm pretty sure it was all a matter of like convenience. Yeah. Just literally looking to destroy innocence, harm those that could not defend themselves. Gender, whatever the fuck you want to call it, be goddamned. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So he ends up abducting this nine-year-old girl. Now, after the child began vomiting and convulsing from the assault, he drove up to a sidewalk and threw this girl out of the car. Fucking pig piece of shit. Yeah. So a nearby witness ends up seeing this incident and got his license plate, and that's what ended up leading to his arrest. Now, this assault never got back to Nathaniel's probation officer. So, again, this is another fall through of our our system. And he was released from probation May of 76 for his earlier abduction and sexual assault of O'Connor. Now, this is the fucked up thing. When his probation... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this closely fucking dreadheads. Because, again, even though it never got back to his probation officer, and probably the reason why it did not was because he did not receive any penalty for what he did to this nine-year-old girl. And Joe, what happened when he 
dutifully served yeah. his probation. Yeah, once it was over, he actually received a letter thanking him for his quote-unquote cooperation. Yeah. Yes, they thanked him for being such a good citizen. In his little town. Right. That's well, it. Not, not only that, because bro- no other information came outside of that town, essentially, right. in this case. And again, let's not God let's damn. not forget the fact that he got probation for them finding a fucking eight-year-old boy in his car, covered in his own excrement, dead to fucking rights over what the fuck he had done to this boy. And only got probation. And he got a fucking thank you and note for not fucking letter. what the fuck ever. Let's yeah. move on, Joe. September 24th of 1977, Nathaniel, again, well, this is different. He's still law enforcement. Still. Yeah, he's claiming to be an undercover FBI agent. Convinced two boys coming out of the White City Cinema in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts to get into his vehicle. He then transports the boys to a secluded area where he handcuffs them and starts torturing them. Now, again, did we mention he's a fat fuck? Because he's a fat fuck. All dreadheads are thick and beautiful, every ounce and pound. (laughs) None of y'all are fat fucks, but Nathaniel Barjona is a fat fuck. Uh, After jumping repeatedly on the chest of one of the boys, the, get this, 370-pound at the time, Bar Jonah, believed he had killed him. So he then drove off with the other, still, the other kid still alive in the trunk of his car. Now, luckily, what a badass this fucking kid was. Yeah. He re- the kid he had been jumping up and down on that was left for dead regained consciousness and managed to go find help uh, shortly thereafter that led to Nathaniel Barjona's arrest. The other boy, Joe, luckily was found still alive in the trunk of Nathaniel's car at the time of his arrest. For this crime, Nathaniel finally was convicted of attempted murder and received the maximum sentence of 18 to 20 years in prison. God. So now, they well, <laughs> I <yeah>. know. again, <laughs> take a dry billy club, put some sand on it, give him a taste of his own medicine, find the fattest fucker in town, let him bounce up and down on his chest, and then if that doesn't kill him, fucking put a bullet in his brain and send him on to the next fucking astral plane where hopefully they'll delve out better justice than we do here. Now, Brown was later transferred to the Bridgewater State Hospital, Joe, in Massachusetts, where he told psychiatrists repeatedly about having sexual fantasy. I don't know why he needed to tell him that. It was very fucking clear yeah. they caught him dead to goddamn rights. But about having sexual fantasies involving murder, torture, dissection, and cannibalism. Yeah, so while he was still interned there, on March 22nd, 1984, he changed his legal name to the present one. Right, so, so there we this go. This is we where John up. was jumping ahead. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. to have two different fucking names floating around. This motherfucker shouldn't even have a name. We should have never heard about him. He should have had fucking some good old hillbilly justice right out the fucking <laughs> gate, but that didn't happen, so here we are. Yeah, so, yeah, look, that was 1984, so we're fast-forwarding to July of 1991. And now what was he was released from this hospital after Superior Court Judge Walter E. Steele ruled that Massachusetts had failed to prove that Barjona was dangerous. Okay, uh, so by the way, thank if you, you if for you, putting the judge's name in here. Fuck Walter E. Steele yeah, yeah, and all of are, his goddamn yeah, yeah. thoughts. If you are kid, you are a fucking yeah, moron. Yeah, I don't even care. If you are a dreadhead who is lineage to Superior Court Judge Walter E. Steele, mm-hmm. stop listening. Yeah. We don't fucking Please don't want procreate. you here. You are Please bad do not have fucking children. stock. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Go Absolutely. on, Joe. A month later, Nathaniel saw a seven-year-old boy sitting inside a car outside a post office in Oxford, Mass. Oh, I wonder what he decided to do. Yeah, who was now around, you know, 275, 300 pounds, yeah, being on the prison food. And all, that, yeah. all the fucking gang rapes that probably took on his fat ass made him fucking shed a few pounds finally. Yeah, enters the vehicle and sits on the boy. And ends up, uh, but fled after other civilians saw him. Yeah, so this kid's just in the car. Probably the parent went inside again. Paying no mind. Does not fucking deserve a goddamn thing. And this fat 
fuck enters the vehicle to sit on him. Yeah, it's like, like he can you even being imagine so much bigger? Yeah, what a fucking dumbass. Yeah, like, like how can you imagine doing that to another human being? Big monster. Fuck. Go ahead. So it ends up his description. So somebody ends up describe or describe what he looked like. You see the pictures of this podcast. But it's kind of hard. You not would to. remember this motherfucker. I promise. Go find someone. He was a kid. Now, this motherfucker looked like fucking bad seed from the start. Yeah. All of that shit. You you would see him out of the corner of your eye and be able to give a detailed description of him. <laughs> um, so somebody, uh, you know, the description ended up being recognized by one of the police officers who had arrested him 15 years before. And he ends up getting arrested again. He claimed that he entered the car to get out of the rain. And that he intended to wait for the driver to return and ask him to take him home. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Yeah, but as for the boy, he said that Nathaniel did not know he was there. So any possible in- injury was accidental. God damn it. I love how they're well, like, they're like, hey, about this, this, this let's child, really talk this, about this. This child gave him a clean bill, let alone the fact that the fucker was locked into a hospital and all this other stuff. We're just going to believe the child. Yes, now go ahead and let's talk about okay, it. Okay, I... At my heaviest, my very heaviest, I'm at 170 now, but at my heaviest at 317, I was well aware of what the fuck I was sitting on. Had it been a child, no, there's no goddamn way. This is a load of horse shit. And if anybody with a fucking a decent brain in between their goddamn ears would have saw this is bullshit. Absolutely. Now, um... Joe, now, again, Nathaniel uh, Bar Jonah, again, later, I, I don't have the exact specifics, I would assume once his fucking, <laughs> all the chicken that he Everybody didn't fucking bullshit. fry and consume once the unfried chickens came home to roost on this fat fuck, uh, <laughs> he, did, he did state that it was his intent to kill the boy. Now, for this happening, Bar Jonah was given two years of probation under the condition, now get this, dreadheads, this is the way shit used to work. <laughs> In America, land of the free, home of the brave, uh, justice for all. Yeah, now you know why Metallica called it injustice for all. Um, He was given two years of probation under the condition that, okay, so by this point, his mother had left the Northeast uh, and she was living in Great Falls, Montana. So they they were like, hey, we'll just give you some probation if you leave the state of Massachusetts and never come back here again and go move in with your mother. That is like the that's like what the mob would do to someone to show fucking pity. Yeah. Like, okay, we won't fucking kill you, but if you ever show your face around we were, here we're again, we will. Yeah. That is fucking passing the tor- uh, the buck. That is absolutely So again, anybody that was involved in law enforcement that dealt with him, certainly once it was to this point and this kind of quote unquote sentencing was handed down of probation under the stipulation that you leave town, you guys can all go fuck yourselves. What pieces of shit? Because I promise you, you ain't seen or heard the last of Bar Jonah or even the worst of Nathaniel Bar Jonah. So this fat fuck doesn't even skip a beat. And in Great Falls, he begins collecting toys and memorabilia, mostly Star Wars related. Whoa, (laughs) hold on. No. To all of our fucking Star Wars loving (laughs) dreadheads. Don't listen to this because I'm not judging when I say this, but I literally think of Cartman in the Basement. I I get that it was like part of that video game, but I think of Warcraft. Yeah, but I think of Cartman and I think of him, and I'm he's just like, yeah, Star Wars. Well, to bring up the to bring up the South Park uh, World of Warcraft episode. Nathaniel Barjona would have been the douchebag guy with the fucking wrist disability yeah. fucking thing that oh, kept the carpal going around. Tunnel, carpal yeah, tunnel. that kept running around fucking ruining everybody's fucking time. Okay. If Nathaniel Barjona was alive today, that would well, I, I can't remember honestly at my notes if he is, but if he was free today for sure. No, actually, sorry, no, he's not. Spoiler alert, he's not alive. Thank fucking God, Allah, Satan, whoever the fuck you want to think. He has now departed this fucking fat mortal coil of his. But yeah, that's what he reminds me of, is that fucking open-mouthed fucking gaping dude (laughs) who would have been, yeah, had disability because he rolled his ankle fucking 10 years old. Imagine that'd be the last sound you heard, though, like as you were leaving this mortal coil. Like, yeah, well, no, nothing would have been fucking worse. Yeah, any nothing would have been good, too good for Bar yeah. Jonah. But so, yeah, so yeah, yeah either was, way, yeah. he he's collecting memorabilia for Star Wars related shit, and he's organizing yard sales, and obviously that's going to draw you know crowds and most importantly children. 
And his first brush with the law in Montana was actually in December of 1993. He was accused of molestation by an eight-year-old boy who he was babysitting. Now, listen in, dreadheads. He defended himself by stating that if he had done that in reality, he would have just killed the boy. And the case was dropped after his lawyer claimed his right to a speedy trial had been violated. I can't. What the fuck? It wasn't done speedy enough because he couldn't handle the stairs. If I had tried to molest a kid, look how fucking fat I am. (laughs) I would not have been able to do that. I would have killed him all night. I think he liked Star Wars because Jabba the Hutt fucking felt relatable to him. It was a spirit animal. Right? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you know what? I like that worm guy there. He's got the fucking slave Leia. He's fucking clearly eating what he wants. Yeah. Like, I bet he just saw that and was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't know something so beautiful had ever existed. So now buckle up, dreadheads, because if you thought what we have talked about prior, I mean, again, what we talked about prior was fucked up, but this fucker has not yet reached fucking spread the dread levels quite yet. If that was the end of his story, it'd be a short story. But let's get into the fact that Hey, you can relocate a dog, but that don't mean you teach him new tricks. So on February 6th of 1996, now for some of you younger dreadheads out there, <laughs> that may seem old as fuck. For old dread... Well, don't, don't tell us say- how old that is. Fuck yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, there was good music kicking around at this time, know, right? you motherfuckers. But January 6th of 1996, 10-year-old Zach Ramsey left his apartment at around 7.30 in the morning to, to, to head off to school, taking his usual school route, which was through an alleyway near the 400 block of 4th Street North. Now, of course, uh, you know, uh, fucking Nathaniel Barjona had probably been fucking scouting this shit for a while. I don't Ra- know. That fat fuck probably didn't put that much into, uh, you know, into sourcing. He just probably like drove past the alleyway and was like, hey. You say Opportunity you, not. Let me continue, yeah. Mrs. I'm fresh to the notes. <laughs> now, Ramsey was wearing a blue denim jacket with green sleeves. He had a blue football jersey with his last name on the back of it in gold letters. Stonewashed jeans, because it was the fucking 90s. And black high-top sneakers. Probably some British Knights. No. Some of those pumps. Or some Converse. Converse has always been kind of popular. I love my Converse's till this day. All right. But I'm going to, you know, but if he's got the football jersey on, I'm going to say maybe he has some of them, those pumps, the ones that had the thing, <laughs> yeah. they swore to God it would make you jump higher. But if you were a fat kid like me, they did not. Yeah. Um, a family of three who lived in an apartment in the alleyway actually reported seeing Ramsey there that morning, you know, like they had seen him several times before and also reported seeing an off-white four-door sedan near uh, nearly run him over another witness reported seeing ramsey standing in the alleyway again we're talking about uh zach ramsey the 10 year old uh he was standing in the alley and that he appeared to be waiting for someone yet another witness who lived near the end of the alleyway reported seeing ramsey in distress with an obese huh, hint 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 Adult, that fuck. Yeah, yeah, adult male following him a few feet behind at about 7.45 in the morning. The witness also reported seeing Nathaniel Barjona standing beside a dumpster in the alleyway at around 7.15. That's why I said he had been scouting. He knew what time this kid was going to get there. He was only standing there, there, though. Probably leaning against something <laughs> fucking winded. Um, but yeah, at 7.15 a.m. while taking this, this witness, they were taking out the trash. Uh, and they said that the guy they saw, which was Nathaniel Barjona, was wearing a navy blue police-like jacket. So it had some, like, sateen to it. <laughs> I guess, you know, it may, hell, it could have had the lettering. I mean, again, this, would, this, was, this is like old hat. Like Futurama, like velvet. <laughs> a velour. Velour. Yes, yeah. yes. If you're thinking, if, I think if you're thinking of velvet. Velveteen. You're, yeah, you're thinking King of the Hill. Hey, yeah. This is velvet, yeah, not velveteen, hey. Bobby. A gentleman knows the difference. <laughs> Nathaniel Barjona exactly would have known the difference. He's the kind of gentleman that would have noticed <laughs> that difference. Uh, but yeah, police-like jacket. The same witness also reported seeing Ramsey enter the alleyway later and that Barjona was still standing beside the dumpster at that time. Now, somewhere between where the alleyway cut into 6th Street and came out on 7th, 
Ramsey was he disappeared and was never seen again. Now, Detective Bill Belusky, who had actually investigated the December 1993 case with Nathaniel Bar Jonah, was assigned to investigate Ramsey's disappearance. Though he was provided with a list of registered sex offenders that were living in the area, again, an unnecessary evil if you would just kill them, uh, Belusky discarded it and centered his suspicion on Barjona, who wasn't actually registered in the state of Martana. So so a cop using common sense. Holy shit. Big ups to Bill Belusky on here for actually... Or Belushi, I don't know. Yeah. I want to call him Belushi because I love Belushi. Yeah, but, but I thought they had an H in there. His is B-E-L-L-U-S-C-I. So either way, Detective Bill Belushi actually earning the fucking rank of detective in this one was like, no, this sounds like this fucking weirdo who's selling Star Wars toys at his fucking yard sale. Yep. And even though he ain't registered, I know what the fuck yeah, he's been up to. this motherfucker's giving me goosebumps. I want to research him. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, after an unsuccessful police attempt to enter the home where uh, Nathaniel Barjona and his mother lived, uh, Belusky solicited a search warrant of the property, but was actually turned down. He later ended up finding out that Barjona had access to his mother's off-white Toyota Corolla. Jesus, if anyone, if anyone, yeah, a fucking, I'm sure it was probably 80s. We're in the mid, we're the mid to late 90s here. It's probably a fucking late 80s model Corolla. <laughs> there was a lot of them on the, there's a lot of them still on Around, the goddamn yeah. road in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He also found out that he had the day off and that he was seen standing in an alley just before Ramsey entered it. Um, He was also wearing a dark blue jacket that day, similar to that of the police officer, and was in close proximity to Ramsey. He also mentioned that Ramsey's name... Uh, to, uh, named an acquaintance a few days before he disappeared. Yeah, now we're talking about Nathaniel. And Nathaniel Barjona had mentioned Ramsey's name Na- to an acquaintance yeah. of his a few days before the kid fucking disappeared. So, so that lets credence to what you were saying is like that he actually oh, yeah, sought he was, him out. He was actually, he, yeah, I would say he was putting in the work. But, I mean, again, we're talking about a fucking plus 350 pound man sitting in a fucking off-white four-door Corolla. Whatever. How many are those? Yeah, he was yeah. doing calf exercises by pumping the brakes and the gas. That was oh. it. <laughs> um, so uh, Nathaniel also mentioned, uh, Ra- uh, like we said, R- Rames' name uh, to acquaintance a few days before his appearance, but uh, Belushi unsuccessfully ended up soliciting a new search warrant despite all this information. And sometime later, Barjona moved out of his mother's home. Right, which I'm sure, like, you know, that was probably a big step for him. Oh, I don't want any, I don't want any attention. I'm going to move out. Yeah, that's the only reason this fucking Cretan would have ever moved out of his fucking mama's house was just to avoid fucking... His mom's basement. Ah, probably. Mm -hmm. Probably. Now, Joe, take us to December 13th of 1999. Now, again, let's remember, dreadheads, when we were talking about the disappearance of Zach Ramsey, that's February 6th of 1996. So we're, a, we're three and a half years after, and Zach Ramsey has not been found. They've, they've been unsuccessful at getting more warrants to actually really get in there and search uh, Bar Jonas' uh, place where he was living with his mother or even where he is now relocated to. So yeah, Joe, December 13th of 1999. Yeah, so he was actually uh, seen outside an elementary school for the third time in a few days. This dude, I'm promising you, this, I mean, you look at the pictures, Dreadhead. This guy did he not need to He wasn't putting a lot any, of effort in. He did not, well, he did not need to have any kind of priors for to seeing this fucking guy oh, hanging yeah. around an elementary school yeah. and someone needed to tell somebody. Yeah, his picture gives me heebie-jeebies. So he was, again, wearing a dark blue jacket and a knit cap this time and was carrying two cans of pepper spray and a toy gun and a fucking badge, y'all. And despite the doubts of their colleagues, Belushi and the Attorney General charged Barjon with impersonating an officer and carrying a concealed weapon. Smart. Get him on what the fuck you can, yeah. especially if you have these these suspicions yeah, of him. Exactly. Okay, cool. I'm getting Get that with all this. To his ass. But yes, let's now I'm putting him on the Montana radar. Because again, Barjona, again, uh, Massachusetts dreadheads, I love you. I hope things are going well better up there. Fucking shout out to Boston, fucking Bean Town, fucking Celtics. But you guys dropped a goddamn ball when it came to him. 
because this guy, this guy moved to fucking two time zones away and isn't even on a fucking registered sex offender list yeah. in Montana. Yeah. Luckily, Belushi actually being a detective. Following his instinct. Yeah, so a judge finally approves a search warrant for him imperson- or impersonating objects. Well, yeah, both- well, no, the, so, so when you get a search warrant, yeah. it is very specific mm-hmm. on what you can look for, and it has to relate to the crime. So they had charged him for impersonating a police officer. So they officer. have to find... So they are yeah, only exactly. allowed... I mean, a, a part, I mean, obviously, if they walk in there and there's a fucking dead body, duh. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's a lot of fucking... There's a lot of minutia. Yeah, there's things have to be linked. Yeah, Yeah. and because otherwise, if they don't, and they find that fucking shit, and it's not linked to the warrant that they have, they were serving, they it ends up getting thrown out in court. That's how our our system works. Which which is which is good and bad for Mm -hmm. the defense because you don't want anyone innocently going to jail for something. And again. You guys should know. Now that we have DNA and shit, that's where I'm like, no, get them with what you can fucking sink their ship with DNA. Right, but it's still, when you get a search warrant, it yeah. is based off of what they, they, they are suspected of or what they're being charged with, and there is certain minutia of things that you cannot fuck with when you go into Absolutely. that spot. Yeah. So they were like, hey, you can go into this house under this warrant and look for actual objects that was involved in the impersonation, but the good thing, Joe, was that they actually got warrants to search Bar Jonah's mother's house and, and his, new, his place. new address. Yeah, absolutely. So the police ended up finding uh, two coats, one dark blue and another with a toy badge in the pocket, a second toy badge, a stun gun, and a baseball cap reading security enforcement. So this all, again, feeds into why they got that warrant. Right, yeah. This is all leading credence to them charging him with impersonating a police officer. So this is good. This is, this is it's slow, it's steady, but Belushi, I'm, now I'm fucking saying Belushi, Belushi, <laughs> fucking is fucking being a fucking badass detective right now. Yeah. Now, during the search, they also end up finding a pulley on the ceiling of Bar Jonah's kitchen. Two albums with cutouts of children and two documents about bondage and autoerotic asphyxia, asphyxiation. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 at that point, I'm guessing they were like, "Hey, okay, he's he's doing this. We have these other suspects." So at that point, they were able, I guess, to admit that into evidence or mm-hmm. or something along that lines. Now, two days later, Joe Belusky was granted a second search warrant for. Any and all documents and photographic material. Okay, and that besides the albums is where they also uh, found several lists of boy names later identified as boys from Barjona's youth in mass, including three that he had molested. So one also had an entry for quote unquote Zachary Ramsey yeah, next no, to I, the I, word quote unquote died yeah, so now, this was on the, a list right and and the reason joe was saying quote unquote is that zachary Specific, ramsey was actually yeah. misspelled um zachary was spelled uh z-a-c-k-e-r-y he wasn't just a fat fuck he was a dumb fuck because i've never heard of anybody spelling their name uh spelling zachary like that uh and and zachary was actually spelled z-a-c-h so there is a lot of people who go by Zach will Z, go by Z-A-C-H or Z-A-C-K, but I've never seen anyone who goes by Zachary that's actually listed as Z-A-C-K. Oh, but okay. He, and I could be wrong there. I, gr- but, I grew up with a few that actually spelt it that way. Right, but, so in this, but in this instance with Zachary Ramsey, that was a misspelling on his actual yeah. birth name, which is why she said that. Now, Joe... Uh, yeah. Uh, 3,500 photographs of children. Now we're not talking porn. So, which, which honestly, yeah, no, I hate, no, yeah, I this hate is, to say it this way. This is almost fucking creepier. Yeah. Like it's, uh, uh, wherever you stand on all of the shit about the, uh, about, uh, about pedophilia, as far as if it's like a fucking disease, a mental illness, yeah, all out the fucking window here. Cause it's not child porn. He just has fucking 3,500 photographs of, ch- of children clipped out yeah. and like scrapbooked along with multiple news clippings about Ramsey's disappearance. And he had unde- uh, undeveloped film containing sexual images. This is where we get into it of Nathaniel Barjona and three unidentified boys 
those were also recovered during all of this. Yeah, thing. and that's not even the end of it. So uh, police ended up also discovering a book written in code, which was cracked and revealed to be a cookbook with recipes such as, quote, little boy pot pie, French fried kid, and little boy stew. Are you fucking sick yet, dreadheads? Yeah. Thank you so much, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, police also found a large stained section of plywood in Barjona's garage, which was scrubbed with bleach and also struck several times with a meat cleaver as if it had been used as a cutting board. Or actually, if it was a, it, it could have been even tenderizer, just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, sorry. I said Nikki, sorry, I meant Vicky. Yeah. Vicky, the dreadhead who suggested this. Thank you for making us yes. sleep a little bit less <laughs> soundly tonight, and all of you as well. So they found this board, and it's luminol tested, so, so that's a shit they, you spray, okay, so and yeah, it shows you that there's CSI, blood. Dexter, yeah. or any of that shit, when you see him spraying this stuff. And, and they and put I, a black and, light. Yeah, the black light is yeah. what makes it light up. That's luminol, you yeah. said. Okay. So it ended up revealing the word Tita had once been written on the floor. This was tentatively linked. Tita, T-I-T-A. Again. Sorry. Well, no, we keep, well, you don't know because you haven't read the notes. Yeah. But we keep pointing this out because uh, he couldn't fucking spell. Um, And this is as, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm being linked. Yeah, so that's T-I-T-A. Um, it was actually ten of linked to James Tita T E T A, a fifteen year old boy who was found raped and strangled in a Ringe, New Hampshire in seventy-three. Yeah. So so again, now they're sitting there like, okay, you've got He can't you, spell, he's a fat fuck, and he likes diddling kids. Yeah, like, and he wants to fucking cook them. Yeah. He's fucking got recipes strikes, for him. And he's got and it's not even just that, they're coded. Recipe. So when you're talking about you, you think something like the Zodiac Killer, but done by a fucking retard. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, because well no, because Zodiac got a fucking away with it to the best of our knowledge, and, and Nathaniel Bar Jonah did not because he's fucking stupid. Uh, but he thought he was more clever than what he really was. So they find all this shit. Now further inquiries seem to confirm the officers' fears that uh, Bar Jonah had killed and cooked Ramsey, and, and possibly. Even- more kids. Holy yeah, shit. possibly more. So uh, strap in, dreadheads. It was learned that in the days after Zach Ramsey's disappearance, Bar Jonah held cookouts for his neighbors in which he served, quote unquote, deer burgers that tasted strange, according to those who were at the cookout. And Bar Jonah once said that he had hunted, killed, butchered, and wrapped the meat personally. Mm. However, Barjona did not own a gun or a hunting license, and credit card records of his suggested that he stopped buying food, Joe, for roughly oh, a month after Ramsey God. disappeared. Now again, look at this rotund fuck. He doesn't own a gun. Oh. He's not chasing a deer with a fucking spear. He has none of the equipment... On his property or his even mother's look property, even semi-athletic enough. He to even looks pull like the kind of motherfucker who deer he, out yeah, of the woods. he looks like he could go hunting a deer with a rifle, and the fucking deer would win. Yeah, like not just win and get away, like win and kill him out there. Like yeah. he looks fucking completely incapacitated, and incapable yeah. of doing this, and also does not have any of the tools necessary to do this. Nor does he have any of the actual purchases or receipts to show that he had anything that would have lent credence to him doing this. And then you have the fact that someone who is well over 350 pounds does not have any kind of receipts for food purchases. Now, if we were talking still in the 70s, that was a very cash-based society. Maybe fucking so. But we're talking about the late 90s going into the early 2000s. Everybody by this point. Had a card, yeah. Everybody did. Yeah. Everybody. Even if you were still balancing the shit like in a checkbook with actual checks in the front. Right. Like you were, yeah, absolutely. You were still using a debit card at this point. Absolutely. Now, Joe, uh, a former roommate of Bar Jonah, that poor fuck, whoever had to fucking share space with him. You know, it was smelly. Oh, he just looks. It probably smelt like a fucking like. I don't know, month old fucking belly button. Yeah, you know I was it just did. gonna say, yeah, this dude looks like a thumb 
that's been just shoved into a belly button for years. Like, yeah. this is what this guy fucking embodies here, fucking Bar Jones. And of course, he had to have a fuck. roommate to live or to move out of his mom's place. I'm <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> he had to spend all of his money on toy badges and fucking fake cop jackets. And God knows the size he had to buy, those weren't fucking cheap. <laughs> um, but the roommate reported that he had seen a pair of bloody gloves. And soiled boys' clothing matching Ramsey's. Again, we talked about what he was saying. He had the denim jacket. He had the football jersey on. He matched that, and they were at Bar Jonah's apartment. Now, I, I will have to say this, though. I, and I, I'm besmirching possibly the roommate, but I'm curious as to when that, those clo- that, the clothing and the gloves were found, and he didn't immediately run to somebody and be like, this is weird, because somebody can take a look. Or if he waited for the fucking cops to, like, ask him. Like, and if well, he waited it, for the cops to ask him, that's a shitty human being. Well, imagine the type of person that would be attracted to actually staying in a facility, a house, with an Nathaniel Bar Jonah, but still, man. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you because if like if we've he been noticed, poor as shit, we've honestly we've been poor as shit. We've looked at some really sketchy apartments, but had you seen that as a semi decent human being, you'd have been like, "That's suspect." I'm calling call somebody, even though I don't even trust cops. Right. Well, and let's not forget, dreadheads. Zach Ramsey disappeared in February of '96. Yeah. All this shit started kicking off in December of '99. So we're we're at the end of '99. We're already into the new millennium. Yeah. At this point, so yeah, no, the roommate's a piece of shit. Yeah. Because if you had, if you had noticed that, why the fuck would you wait until the cops finally come knocking on your Thank door? Thank you. That's what all fucking I'm saying. Ghost start? Because believe me, I have a very healthy distrust for any kind of form of authority. authority yeah. But if I'm sitting there reading about, hey, this kid And is, I'm seeing this, kids fucking clothing. Right, and bloody gloves that and That matches shit like the that. fucking description to a fucking yeah. tee. No. Yeah, so no, I'm not cutting the roommate any slack here and fucking God yeah. knows, maybe we'll end up finding out in a different date or time someone else we researched used to fucking room with them because they yeah. probably had their fucking skeletons too. <laughs> Uh, but Bar Jonah had also Joe surprised people several times by bringing up Ramsey's name, including one time when he said that Ramsey would never be found because he had been chopped up and the parts scattered in different places. So Jesus. I'm sure, I'm sure he's another tempting fate. He he thinks he's he far like, more yeah. intelligent than what he really is. Oh yeah, and he's like, oh, I've gotten away with this, so I'm just gonna tempt fate. Well, yeah, again, but again, at this point, shit. it's been three and a half years. Yeah. You know, so he's sitting there being like, oh, this kid will never be found. Whoever whoever took him probably already killed him and chopped him up into pieces. Oh, I've ate them all, though. I'm not yeah, going to tell anybody, yeah, but I've ate all of them. Delicious meat pieces. <laughs> fucking job of the yeah. heart with fucking feet. Uh, so now, getting to, the, uh, getting to where shit started. We, we fucking, the detectives just keep finding more and more. Hair. That resembled a human's hair was found inside Bar Jonah's meat grinder. Now that's another thing. Of I, course, this fat fuck would need burgers. Well, but at the same time, who has a meat grinder anymore? I didn't know anybody who had their own meat grinder in the early two thousands. We did. We had one of those manual ones that was actually stuck on the side of a, our bar. My dad, because my dad did chef work. Well, okay, but see, your dad, your yeah, your dad actually did. <laughs> I was say, I, I knew, I knew what they look like, but like, and that's always what. Do fucks you know me anybody like who fits? Do you know anybody who fits the fucking history and appearance of Nathaniel Bar Jonah who should have a meat grinder in their fucking but house? You think about it, where they're at, they're in Montana. People would be more likely to process their own food. I'm just this saying, dude, not this, this guy. This no, dude, this guy he did, did not all have the effort the, in uh, the world going to the fucking Kroger and buying. I say he didn't. He honestly doesn't look like he had the rest respiratory capacity to get turn winded that fucking twice. grinding the meat yeah there we go <laughs> uh, yeah but they but they found uh hair that resembled human hair uh human hair inside of nathaniel bar jonah's meat grinder and an excavation at a former residence of his uh, uncovered 21 bone fragments belonging to, to, to two different african-american boys between the ages of eight and 13 years old complete also wheelhouse also the fucking icing on the cake dreadheads is we're finally gonna get to this fat fuck getting what he finally fucking deserved the 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 different residents the previous residents of bar jonas that they were talking about were this meat grinder with the hair in it though that houses pipes could not be examined because the neighbors who moved in afterward had to change them 
due to the fact that they were constantly clogged and mm. unable. I mean, you, you think Drano, obviously, yeah. is what we normally do. That, that gets rid of some debris and hair. Yeah. But it's not getting rid of bone fragments stuck in their dreadheads. Yeah. Drano ain't doing that shit. And those people who moved in afterwards had to change the pipes due to the fact of them constantly getting clogged. Regardless, karma, comeuppance, however you say it. Finally. Yeah, I know, right? Eventually, the charges related to uh, Ramsey's disappearance were dropped. And the police focused on, uh, on other possible victims. Ramsey's mother later refused to believe that her son, oh, um, was dead or that Barjona was in any way related to his disappearance, a psychic convinced her that Ramsey was living in Italy. Yeah, I have no idea. That's the, the only fuck? thing I know. That's the only thing I could really find about Zach Ramsey's mother. And to be honest, I, I have no fucking earthly uh, idea what the fuck was going on. I have on. no respect for this woman. And, and I'm so sorry, but until I see matter-of-fact fucking evidence, I'm going to be looking for my well, that's, fucking kid. That's mostly Fuck what, the psychic. That's mostly what most parents do. And, I mean, at this point, I mean, again, I, I get the whole, you know, the first 48 and shit like that. The odds of Ramsey still being alive were slim to none, but you always see, even to a detriment, yeah. parents hanging on to hope. A body yeah. wasn't found, yada, yada. But, yeah, she, she was refusing to believe that shit. And she actually threatened to defend Nathaniel Barjona if he was brought to trial for her son's murder. So again, Fuck I don't this know. Cunt. Maybe, no. maybe, no, maybe, I, I'm maybe sorry, she, but, but maybe she had a, ment- a history of mental illness. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna give her I'll the give benefit of the doubt solely because that's basically about as much as I could find about her input into all of this. And again, her son disappeared. Who knows what kind? I, you know, this is got, also the same mother who allowed her kid to walk through an alleyway to get to school. I, I an get alley. that, but a lot of a lot of that is in hindsight. If he's been I, doing I it that. all the time, yeah. I, I believe me. We we could do a whole episode just talking shit and or defending Zach Ramsey's mother. But however, the, to me, the moment that this motherfucker comes on the scene as a suspect, given his history. Yeah. I don't think anybody in their right fucking mind, which is why I'm saying maybe yeah. she had the mental illness. Who knows? We have three kids. If anything like this had happened to one of them, who knows what kind of mental state we would be in. But I don't think but that I would be willing to defend. would have been brought up. Yeah, yeah I've been I like, no, I, he has a sister. Right. Holy shit, he fucking killed my if, kid. If anything, I would be latching defend on to him? that. Yeah, I would be latching Ugh. on to like, he did it. He had to have done yeah. it, yada, yada, versus... But that's by the by, because we're talking about Nathaniel Nathaniel Barjona. So two names um, in the list that was actually found in Nathaniel's apartment belonged to two boys who lived in the same apartment building as himself. And both boys were in the photographic film. Remember, remember they, they had the undeveloped film. That they found, and once they developed it, it had him with other boys there. Yeah. So they've got him dead to rights for sure on film being a pedophile. Yeah, so one of the boys ended up confirming that Nathaniel invited them to a sleepover and then molested them. But the other boy visited uh, Nathaniel in jail and wrote to him saying that he was his friend and that he never harmed him. But you also, you got to think about the fucking psychotic break that kids can go through, the Stockholm Syndrome and all of this other shit going on there. So I I will give that. Well, you're talking about a sleepover where both end up, uh, both boys ended up alive. You never know what was actually told to them. To make them feel, oh, I feel bad for him. Like yeah. Stockholm. No, exactly. Like, I feel bad for him. Oh, he's my friend. He never did that to me. Right. Oh, he's being perse- persecuted. Oh, I have to go bat- go to bat for him. Like, right, which is again, so which is again why I'm even giving Zach Ramsey's mom a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Because these are normal humans for the, the most we can find or you know, the most we can uh, find or know about them. That fucking cross paths with a fucking inhuman fucking monster. So whatever kind of infl- kind of trauma pain he inflicted on just on not these two boys, but Zach Ramsey's mother and anybody else that was involved with anyone who crossed his paths, you got to give him 
even a modicum of the benefit of the doubt, and I, I get you with Zach Ramsey's mom because I'm the same way. It, it, I think that if I, if that had came forward, both of us would have been like, get that fat fuck and lock him up before I get my goddamn yeah. hands on him, and I fucking kill him. Whether or not he had anything to do with my kids disappears just from what I fucking know about him. Yeah, yeah. Continue, yeah. Joe. <laughs> so, nevertheless, uh, Nathaniel was actually charged with sexual assault, uh, sexual assault, aggravated kidnapping, and assault with a deadly weapon. Um, this was in relation to practicing erotic asphyxia with one of the boys using the kitchen's pulley system. Yeah, remember that when hint, he found hint. the pulley system in the kitchen, that yeah. was being used to perform autoerotic asphyxiation or erotic, whatever the fuck you want to call Expixia, it. Yeah, yeah, that shit. Um, during Jonah's trial, or I'm sorry, Bar Jonah's trial, 36-year-old Mary Patrone recognized him as the man who had abducted and assaulted her by dressing as a police officer in 1974. Now, the statute of limitations actually had expired by this point, and Nathaniel could not be charged with this particular crime. Right. And investigators also suspected... Ugh, suspected there you go, new tongue. Yeah, uh, Barjona in the disappearance of seven-year-old Janice Pocket ten months earlier. Yeah. So I, again, it's it's by this point they've got all the evidence they need. And then you've also and got, you got the this history. trickle in of additional information from eh, you know additional sources. Right. But, but then yeah, you also then you've also got fueling what, it in the the little bit of actual shit Massachusetts had actually fucking done to this fuck. Again, they, they eventually did lock him up, but then they let him go because that stupid Supreme Court judge up there and shit like that. So again, even though it was, uh, it was inadmissible because of the statute of limitations, all of this is just compounding. So that leads us to a fine fucking moment. Finally, Nathaniel Barjona was convicted and sentenced in 2002, 20 years ago, dreadheads, to 130 years in prison without possibility of parole. Now, in December 2004, the Montana Supreme Court turned down Nathaniel Barjona's appeals like they fucking should have and upheld the conviction and 130-year prison sentence. This without leads us, the possibility of parole. Yes. Let's go ahead and add that in. Yep. Yeah. This leads us to a little less than four years later, April 13th of 2008, Nathaniel Barjona's fat ass was found unresponsive in his prison cell that morning. Uh, he had been in poor health. I mean, Jesus, uh, derp. For everybody with the body positivity movement, I ain't shaming your shit, but your frame's only going to be good for holding up so much weight for so, so fucking long. Yeah. Regard, live your fucking truth, guy, girl, either or, neither nor. I ain't here to judge, but that's fucking science. It about is the limited. Fucking, yeah. Uh, he had been in poor health, obviously due to his chronic obesity. His postmortem found significant levels, and this is where you're going to come in, of LDL in his arteries and bad my- cholesterol. So LDL is the bad cholesterol. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, because now we, we we now know there's good. What's the it good cholesterol? Is- what's uh, what that one called? Shit, CDL, I think. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, can't, I, yeah. I can't remember. And top- myocardial infarction was the determined cause of his death. What is that? Um, that's heart muscle. So, so did his heart just gave the fuck out? Yeah, and pe- yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's usually the case with chronic um, chronic obesity. You typically have people who have um, some form of like heart disease. Like, yeah, just yeah. To, again, live your fucking truth. I ain't here to shame anybody. But understand what you're what you, living your truth means for your overall health because this is still our mortal coil. Absolutely, like you and, have and a again. spiritual rebirth as far as your brain goes. Like, I'm gonna love myself. That's fine. But understand that this mortal coil does have a, you know, a, a, a body. Yeah, it, it, it has a limit to yeah. it, whether it's a time limit, a weight limit, or what the fuck yeah, ever. Absolutely. And again, there's a lot of people, believe me, I, I gym every day. I used to be almost 400 pounds mm-hmm. before I lost weight and had some surgery and stuff like that. And believe me, I've seen some, some thickies up in the gym, beautiful though they may be, but they're actually in there exercising. Mm-hmm. There are people who have larger frames and shit like they have that. Have wonderful cardio and pulmonary Absolutely. health. Yeah, but Bar Jonah, look at the fucking picture. Yeah. This motherfucker. If he saw a treadmill, you could see the dark circles underneath his eyes. He doesn't even know what the fuck. No, he wasn't meant. doing anything. And trust me, in prison, all you got is fucking time and yard time. Yeah. So he wasn't taking advantage of that then. 
But of course, this sicko fuck, wherever he's fucking dwelling now, these people make me wish there's a hell even though I don't believe in it. He maintained his innocence up until death. Now, for a final bullet point on this dreadheads, despite the objections of Ramsey's mother, again, feel the way you want to about it, and I don't think you're wrong. Either way you feel about the way that she handled shit, Ramsey's father had a judge legally finally declare him dead in 2011 after his disappearance in 1996, of which no remains or his body was ever found. So that was episode 43 about Nathaniel Barjona, the pedo cannibal chef. Again, even though I like to talk shit, Vicky, we had never heard about this guy, no. and I assume there's a good bit of people who haven't, so thank you very much for being a badass dreadhead and, and honestly, giving this no, to I us. would actually honestly would like to know how she found out about him, like if she just came across him or if she lives in those vicinities, like feel free to comment on one of our posts. Yeah, yeah, or hit us up on IG and just you know, let us know exactly yeah. Where? Because again, you know, we, we, we cover true crime, we cover the dread, but the dread covers a lot of things. This guy never technically got any charges for killing anyone. There just wasn't, but there was enough proof there. And again, given his past and history, and of course, we can all sit here and play detective now and be yeah, like, we can play yeah, in hindsight, yeah. for sure, this guy fucking killed these kids and yada, yada, yada. But it's a great topic. And I. Again, in a in an awful way because we you know we bring the fucking dread. I enjoyed learning about Nathaniel yeah. Bar Jonah because again, there's just so much fucking dread out there, and hopefully that'll be you know we'll, you know we're on episode forty three. Hopefully we'll have plenty of dread on episode five hundred and forty three. <laughs> and with awesome dreadheads like Vicky, we're gonna have plenty to talk about. And of course, awesome dreadheads like Richie Estrada. Again. Shout out Senior Dreadhead for that $50 donation. And I'm not going to spoil anything about the topic he gave us, but it's going to be a good one. And it's it's a pretty modern one as well. Uh, so, Joe, did, uh, did you, uh, I hate to say it this way, did you have fun? <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah. yeah I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know I mean, how to answer right. that. Right. And I mean, you're more of a true crime junkie throughout your entire life than what I was because yeah. I was brought up real strict Southern Baptist. <laughs> so, you know, you being like, I've never fucking heard of this guy. Yeah. You no. know, it, it's, it's, I love this kind of shit. So, dreadheads, feel free to hit us up on IG, Facebook, we or spread the dread podcast uh, yeah. at gmail.com. If you think you got a good topic, Vicky's proof. We'll fucking cover it. We'll bring the fucking dread. But, We've kept you guys enough. We've given, we've taken an hour of your time. So one more time for all things dreadful, whether it's podcast links, YouTube, BitChute, our social media, our merchandise, or our donation, where should they go, Joe? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Absolutely. We love all of you. Let's wrap this motherfucker up in saying I'm John. And I'm Joe. And hey, no matter where you live on this fucking ball or plane or whatever the fuck you think about it on this earth, Shit's rough out there. You leave the dread to us and make sure you stay positive, stay proud, stay powerful, stay dreadful, and no matter what you're doing when you're listening to this, get out in that great big wide world and wreck that shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?